KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. I'm Charlotte Reese. People across the world have been working from home due to coronavirus restrictions. And if you either have a dog or got a new dog in the past few months, you may have noticed how much they love the extra attention. But what about when humans return to the office or even just head out for the evening? Will our fur babies be able to handle the separation? Lee Siegfried is the owner of Opportunity Barks Behavior and Training. And we offer a full service dog training and behavior business. So group training classes, one-on-one lesson programs, day training programs and boarding school programs. So we're typically helping a lot of people with pet dogs or helping people work through behavioral problems. Great. And that's exactly why I reached out to you, because I want to talk about uh, pets' behaviors. And every pet kind of has their own personality, you know, especially dogs. Can you talk about different behaviors and what uh, pet owners can look out for to kind of understand maybe their pets a little bit better? Sure. I mean, I think most people, when they get a pet dog, they're in it for the relationship, they're in it for the companionship, and sometimes we're just underprepared <laughs> about what that actually means to uh, to start to do the training to get things in a pretty good place. So in terms of things to be aware of behaviorally with any dog, a newly adopted dog or a new puppy, helping a dog learn to pattern, relaxing around an owner is really important. It's really important because now, you know, these days people are spending more time with their dogs than they ever have. And definitely there's the potential for the dog as like the new thing in the household that there can be a lot of fixation on the dog. And I don't mean that it's always a negative thing, but when there's so much activity happening that's either directed towards the dog or including the dog, it then is sometimes difficult for a dog if they're not taught how to pattern relaxing around people. And if people in turn are not taught how to just passively like ignore a dog and have a dog learn to hang out with itself, it can create, you know, anything from nuisance behaviors of attention seeking behaviors where a dog might demand bark at somebody or steal items and get the person to chase them to like bigger picture things with people having difficulty having the dog be able to um, relax with confinement or being crated or being left alone. So people really learning how to, um, Help their dogs relax around them, I think, is a huge priority across the board with a newly adopted dog or even a new puppy. And sometimes that's difficult for people to do until they have a problem. And that that leads, you know, to my next question, because I think a lot of people, either new or current pet owners who have been, are really thinking about their pet's anxiety levels since a lot of people have been working from home during the pandemic. I mean, is this kind of a recipe for disaster for dogs out there? I mean, so it's it's interesting, right? Like, it's either a jumping off point for people to really, they have the time. You have, you know, it's like, weirdly, you don't have the excuse of saying you don't have the time anymore because most of us have the time. So it's an incredible opportunity. And I think it's really cool that people have more time to spend with their pets now than ever before. However, on the back end of that, you know, when you say our pet's anxiety, it's also our anxiety. You know, a lot of people are stressed and sometimes this puppy is like the best distraction (laughs) and I can't blame them. It's a good, it's a good, good distraction. 
But I think there's like an accountability piece to have us check in with ourselves to be like, hey, like how much of our own stress and anxiety is kind of like running off into this into like our relationship with our dog. So I do think it has potential to be an amazing opportunity if people learn how to invest their time and energy in doing like things that are going to help the dog cope. And yeah, if that information and that education is not really something that people are tuned into, there's absolutely the possibility that the dog and the person are going to be hanging out in the household, staring at each other for months, and that the dog's not actually going to develop the coping mechanisms or the resilience to be able to adapt as easily to life when life looks a little different. And that could just simply mean that the owner's maybe not working remotely, you know, and the owner's not home for as many hours. I had a client just the other week that was saying, you know, life's been pretty good for my dog. I've been taking him to the lake every day and like kayaking with him, which I think is amazing, right? Like incredible things to build the bond. Dog's probably having the time of its life. And then in terms of the maintainability of that, that's going to look different when this person's back in the office. You know, that stuff will still be happening, but not as frequently. So, so, so I think like it's all about helping people understand how to A, prepare the dogs and then B, create schedules that are maintainable. You know, if you're hiking with your dog two hours a day every day, that may not be maintainable, (laughs) but it's not to discourage people from doing that right now. But it's just being realistic about what would a normal day look like for somebody if they weren't working remotely and to try to create routines that mimic the maintainability of that. Mm. So kind of ease into it. Is that um, is that a good tip to give to people right now who are you know, maybe feeling anxious about how their dogs are going to feel once they're back at work and kind of getting into the new normal again? So I think the biggest thing is people are like concerned about this potential anxiety, but you have to really like get if the dog is totally going to melt down. It's basically like trying to diagnose if if they should be concerned, right? Because like nobody needs to be more concerned about anything in life these days. But let's start with why would I have cause for concern? Okay, you would have cause for concern if your dog has a real difficult time settling around you, okay, if the dog is atten- like constantly attention-seeking, bringing you items, bringing you toys, barking at you for attention, climbing up all over your body, if the person has a tough time ignoring the dog and the dog has a tough time ignoring the person, that is ripe for the dog to have difficulty with a big change like the person not being as available. Second thing is if the dog is not prepared to relax around a person, and I'm not even talking about crating and confinement, If the dog is not actually used to patterning sleeping and resting and relaxing around a person or within the environment, then a very huge starting point and a very logical starting point for a lot of these dogs is teaching them how to relax on a leash near a person. So if the dog knows how to lay down or the dog is already habituated or patterned, like going to a dog bed and laying down near a person and sleeping, um, that's fabulous. If, If somebody's hearing this and going, oh, yeah, my dog would never dream of doing that or that happens, but only after we like exercise them for three hours, then you need to start to work on teaching the dog to settle and settle and hold what we call a long down, which is a very passive thing. And by passive, I mean, it shouldn't take a lot of like feedback from the owner. But if the dog understands and lays down um, and understands that position, the owner simply steps on a leash, shortens the leash. It should be nice and slack when the dog's laying down. But if the dog decides to get up, the leash is short and it's basically asking the dog to lay back down. Now, at that point, a lot of people want to get in there and cue the dog or remind the dog to lay down, which they can do a handful of times. But basically, the idea behind a long down is patterning, teaching a dog to maintain a down for about 30 minutes. And it's not with constant feedback from the owner. Okay, it's not the owner going, stay, 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 down, 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 and throwing a ton of food at the dog. It's just with the dog going, 
huh, well, my options are limited to get up and walk away. So I guess I should just lay down here. And the whole idea behind it is that the dog actually rests. Like the dog actually literally lays down and sleeps because that, when that is happening, people are actually patterning relaxation with the dogs. And that is often a critical or easy jumping off point to then work towards the dog being able to pattern that similar thing in a crate. So for those people that are hesitant to confine their dogs or they've already kind of run into trouble there, I think that that's a nice way to ease the dog into it. And then I'd say the third part is if the person, whoever's listening, uh, immediately goes, oh, yeah, we tried crating and we gave up immediately. Why? Usually it's the dog vocalizing. It's either they bailed too early or it's either that it's really a struggle and a challenge for the dog and they may need some professional intervention to get over that hump. So a lot of people are concerned about their dog's functioning and relaxing when they're around them or not around them. And then I think some people have bigger concerns because they've had difficulty confining the dog or the dog being left alone. So that can include things like the dog is breaking out of crates, barking for long periods of time, um, drooling in a crate or being destructive, being destructive in a crate or outside of crate. So yeah, I'd say that those people generally feel a little more stuck because what's working is the fact that they're home <laughs> and they're kind of like, well, I don't have to deal with this problem now because it's not really a problem. However, if I'm not here, I'm not sure what this looks like. So yeah, trying to gauge if it's going to proactively, like if, if it's already going to be a problem generally looks like there's, there's difficulty confining and the person knows that, or it looks like a lot of, a lot of attention seeking behaviors or just you go down to, you know, you go downstairs to put the laundry in and the dog is like tracking your every move and visibly upset by that. So for those dogs, it's absolutely a fair starting point to start to pattern relaxation and proximity to the owner as a jumping off point to being able to get um, to have the dog not have visual access to the person, the person to physically not be in the house and that not be a bad thing. Right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things to consider. And I like how you um, put it on the pet owners, too, and not just the pets. I think that's an important factor. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the dog's enrichment, like day-to-day -day biological needs aren't being met, which can create more stress and anxiety for the dog, which turns into all of these, you know, attention-seeking behaviors and difficulty, like, settling in. And sometimes dogs can come to people not as prepared and not as resilient, which means that people have more work to do to help the dog learn to relax. And then there's, like, other dogs that don't ever really hit the roadblock of having much anxiety or trouble confining, you know, so it's, it's not like every dog out there sitting in people's homes is going to have a problem with this, but for some that had some previous pre-existing uh, separation anxiety that maybe the owner had worked through, it's very normal with dogs that have already worked through an issue like that, that even if someone was home for a few weeks during the holidays or had some vacation time, that they would need to be a little thoughtful about how that make that they make that transition back and how they spend their time around their dog. Um, somebody, you know, people that are inadvertently going to dial up the anxiety generally fixate on the dog a lot. Okay. They engage the dog all the time. And then it's kind of a learned thing where the dog's like, okay, I'm around the person I'm always on or yeah. Or just like, there can be a lot of hot and heavy interaction with the dog and not, as much interaction teaching the dog and the owner to chill around each other. And that's, that's, again, it's just another place to look. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, this might be a, a cliche question, but a lot of people over this pandemic have been adopting dogs like crazy. I mean, you know, there was a lot of different news stories about shelters being completely cleared out. And, um, yeah. you know, I assume that people adopted older dogs, too. And a lot of the fear is, you know, you can't teach an older dog new habits or things like that. Just what would you say to people who are maybe adopting an older dog? Okay. So with these older dogs, they're coming out of a couple different scenarios. They're either in some sort of shelter that's a temporary space or they're in a foster home. Generally, in a foster home, they tend to be with other dogs. So that you, you generally get a little more information about the dog coming from a foster home, but not always. I mean, basically, any time a dog is in transition, it can be traumatic, right? So to me, it's not that different than a young dog moving out of its breeder's home or wherever it was to somebody's home. It's suddenly without its litter mates, its parents, and it's, it may be the only canine in the household. And if they have a brother or sister canine to learn from or an older dog to learn from, that's like a really great thing. With an adult dog or an adolescent dog, you know, when they're making that transition, it's, I would say separation anxiety and, and dog, in the dog world in general, I think it's so prevalent because these dogs do go through so many changes. And I'm not just talking about shelter dogs, but, you know, bouncing from state interstate transport, dogs on a transport vehicle, dog ends up getting adopted in a parking lot. You might know nothing about the dog. And suddenly it's like, hey, welcome home. It may have never lived in a home. Um, there's a lot of gaps in what we'll know about the dog. So we can't always act like we're going to know all that information ahead of time and be able to really gauge the dog until they really get, get to us. And I'll tell you on the same, in the same way, you can have a dog that might've like comfortably slept in a shelter setting, curled up in a croissant position, you know, seven, eight hours every night that seemed to do really well, given the stress of that environment. And then maybe presents with separation anxiety once they're in a space, just Again, because of the change, I would say if anything, any dog that's being adopted, adolescent or older, it's a great, great option for people. Again, I think if people really just go into this relating to that, relating to the dog like their survivor and their circumstances and to really try to help the dog decompress because they're usually pretty adrenalized and they need to like they need some time to adjust to a new environment, lower their expectations right out the gate just to kind of help that dog get their bearings and then really create some structure and really get some education. I think that these dogs have such potential to thrive. And often they're, you know, I think the gap for people is maybe they're either not getting the education or again, they were like woefully underprepared for what it really meant to have a dog. And look, there are some dogs of any age that get placed into a pet home and they're a lot more dog than people had thought they would be. And those dogs tend to just have more drive, maybe just have greater exercise needs, and just may demand more of a rank novice dog owner. And and Lee, what if people, you know, are listening to this and they may want to get some training for their dog? What kind of options are out there for people? And maybe even with this um, instance right now of, um, you know, maybe just training them to be a little more calm? Sure. Okay. So training options for people generally include training classes, Training classes can be appropriate for puppies or adolescent or adult dogs with like no behavioral concerns. And what I mean by that is like, they're not barking and lunging at things. They're not, you know, if people realistically think that the dog could handle being in a room 
with a handful of other dogs and the dog's able to focus on the person and probably eat some treats, then I'd say a class is a probably pretty decent option for mostly puppies under six months and some adolescent and adult dogs. If handling the dog and guiding the dog's movement on a leash and leash walking or excitability around dogs and people is a challenge straight out of the gate, I would say that that person's time is probably going to be better spent doing some one-on-one training lessons then considering maybe moving into some sort of group scenario like a clinic and maybe a class. So so I know that in the dog world, most people are thinking or pet world, they're like, oh, group training classes, training classes, training classes. Training classes can be amazing, but they're not for every dog. And for people that may be new to the dog ownership experience, sometimes their time and energy is better spent doing one-on-one training lessons where they can really get their barrage of questions answered and really get hand, the hand-holding they need. And it's equally important to really get the right equipment on a dog to minimize pulling on a leash and to, quite frankly, like empower the owner or bridge the gap between um, where the dog's coming from and the owner's skill set until they can really get some education about handling and guiding movement. So lessons are a really great option. And then if people are looking for a professional to help get the like some socialization or do some heavy lifting and they're really more the mindset of like, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm out of my league or I've tried really hard and I'm done. (laughs) Then I would suggest a day training program, a day school program or a board and board and train program. And those programs are generally geared for dogs of all ages. You know, we'll have puppies in our programs for about five days and it's a nice way to get a little kickstart on some manners. And that includes some one-on-one training. And then there are longer programs for dogs. And typically we're seeing dogs that are what we call like knucklehead adolescents a lot of the dogs that, that generally are a little older. It's either people have waited to train them or they're just a little unruly and they tend to need a lot of impulse control work. They tend to be really lovely dogs just with very little impulse control work. And then longer board and train programs or private training programs one-on-one generally are working with dogs that have some fear, some fearful behaviors, um, some barking and lunging, some reactivity on a leash, which just basically means overexcited, overexcitability from any number of things, being fearful, being anxious, just simply practicing, looking at dogs and getting all fired up about them. Dogs can be social and have that issue going on. And sometimes we'll, you know, we're seeing dogs with that have some history of aggression there, whether that means they've had some aggressive run-ins with other dogs or people. And generally working one-on-one or through something like a board and train program is a, is a good way to do it because those dogs generally need a lot more repetition and handholding, and you can really get things in a good place if you allow a professional to help build the repetition. And sometimes that's just so empowering to the owner because they then have a starting point where they can then go, oh, this is, in, this is so much more improved. Now I feel more confident, and now I can do more with my dog. So everything we do is really, I'd say it's with the goal of a few things in mind. First thing is like helping the dog be able to get practical life skills to work with the owner in, you know, our everyday life and be pleasant to be around the house and for people to be able to walk their dogs or do what they want to do with them, whether it's hiking or walking or whatever. And then it's something that we call softness. Softness is usually just um, helping the dog relax and reduce arousal, whether it's a shelter dog or even a young dog. Dogs just need to learn how to relax. And we've found that that's just um, whether you're concerned about your dog potentially being anxious or, hey, you just have a new puppy or an older dog. Once they can prioritize relaxing, teaching them everything else is easier. And sometimes when that doesn't get prioritized in the education, people get stuck and struggle because they're kind of battling the dog's excitability and arousal, which just does make for a harder, more difficult training journey. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's 
That's a great point. Thank you so much for kind of breaking this down for me. And what's uh, what's your website? Where can people go if they want to reach out? Sure. Um, they can reach out. They can find us at opbarks.com. O is an opportunity. P is in Paul. B is in boy. A is in apple. R is in rat. K is in kite. S is in sam.com. And usually we're on Instagram Tuesdays, Thursdays, Thursdays at 6 p.m. for lives. And sometimes Tuesdays around like one o'clock. So people can catch us on an Instagram live and ask us questions if they're curious about things or just want to learn more. And then on our on our resources page on our website, you can see some of the old Instagram lives where we just talk dogs and answer questions and get real with people. So great. Thank you so much for your time and uh, coming on the podcast to uh, talk about dogs. Absolutely. Happy to anytime. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Charlotte Reese, and we'll have another episode out soon.